Talk Radio, 1100, it's Chatterbox, where you'll find the latest news, interviews, and updates about the gaming world. The views and opinions expressed are those of the host, the guests, and callers only, and not necessarily those of KFNX News Talk Radio, 1100. And now, here's your host for Chatterbox. See, you win like one or two bets, and then all of a sudden your it goes, head, your it head goes gets to my big. head. Yeah. No, I don't think so. It's I will train, and I've been, I've been doing well, and I'm sure I'll hit a hit a wall. You're still training, of course. You're training now. I do 100 push-ups every day. I do uh, I run at least once a week. Unfortunately, I'm not running more. I need yeah. to run. I don't more. think that's adequate preparation for your tough mutter. Well, luckily, I still have like seven months to go, so I can pick it up as needed, but. I will. So so here's our dilemma, folks. I want to do this Tough Mudder thing, which is crazy hard for someone like me who doesn't run. How many miles? Well, officially it hasn't been announced for Arizona, but it's probably going to be about 12 miles. Okay. And uh, how many tons do you have to carry for those 12 miles? Uh, they don't. You, you, know, you have to carry a log or a tire I, or something at some point. With your teeth? No. Yeah, it's going to be with your teeth. So to carry it. The question isn't whether or not I could finish it, because I could finish it right now, given enough time. It's the question is, can I do it in a reasonable amount of time that people they won't be packing up the obstacles and going home? So I'm I'm just shocked because the average time is about two and a half hours, they say. I'm shocked because you know you know that I am the type of person who takes great pride in challenging myself and stretching my limits. You say that, but I mean I, I haven't I haven't been privy to, to these various things. I mean obviously you work out like all the freaking time. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah. But like the that's just your general goal of, of working out. I did, not, do, uh, I did do the 22 miles of walking up and down mountains. You did do that. Yeah, I forgot In one that. day. That's yeah. something you're very proud of. You've I did that. A few times. That was pretty rough. Um, and yeah. also, we did do the... The Warrior Dash. The Warrior Dash. Which, to me, at this point, now feels like wussy. I did eat the hottest burger known to man. Did I, did I so, tell you that you will never be doing that again? So hot that the place that I had eaten it from closed down. Yeah, no longer exists. Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, I had a good story for Friday have, night. I have that. driven like a crazy person on canyon roads and racetracks with n- no regard to safety whatsoever. Nah, I don't I don't give you that one because that's a car. That's not you. It's me. That's that's mental toughness, a little a little bit mental craziness, but it's not physical and, prowess. And I was so proud of myself, actually, the other day because I hit uh, 315 on deadlifts. And then my friend tells me that in high school when he was 16, he was doing 385. Well, he's a dick. So... Sorry. And he's not doing anywhere near 100 now. So So anyway, I'm the scrawny loser guy, and I want to do this tough mod, which is 12 miles. It's in January. Well, and then Ara's like, well, we, we should do the Spartan we'll race. It's only that, eight miles. We'll that's scrawny. Okay. I don't want to be that disparaging to <laughs> that's, you. That's I don't mind. Uh, so then Ara's like, well, we should do the Spartan race. It's only eight miles, and it doesn't try to electrocute you. But that's in February. So now the question is, could I do both? Could I? And he's like, he doesn't even think I could do the tough mod at all. So this, I'm sure, will yield another bet. This, okay, you know what? <laughs> This may yield another bet, but you have to do... The, Unfortunately, you're betting against me. You have to do the Phoenix Summit Challenge. I don't think I do. I don't like going you uphill. Do you don't, don't like, like it. I don't like going uphill. You don't like it. I don't think so. And 22 miles and is yet, too damn much. And yet, the prospect of electrocution is... I've been around electricity all my life. But <laughs> are you are you doing the whatever challenge you're talking about? This 22 miles? I've done it already. Yeah, but are you doing it again this year? Is it I, I, I doubt it. Especially if I'm going to be preparing for, for one of these other races. Well, I think that would be preparation for another race. Perhaps. perhaps. I don't know when it is. but if you're, if It's you, usually in November. Let me tell you, if you do it 
and you want somebody to go, I will go with you. Okay. I'll do it with you. All right. Fair enough. I mean, barring some weird thing, like I'm bet not will be, Bet will something. be forthcoming, and this will be a bet that you will not be winning. Yeah. I'm not saying I would beat you. I, and I will suck at that because I, uphill is not awesome. Yeah. Not, but I would be happy to at least attempt. Well, it, t- it did take me like 20, like seven hours to cover that much ground. So. But also, you don't, you're don't you not walking the whole time, right? Don't you drive between mountains and stuff? You do. It's just like, I'm going to go hike a mountain today, except you hike like six of them. You hike seven peaks, yeah. Okay. It's it's like I think that the cumulative um, that's balls, dude. Elevation is like something like thirteen thousand feet or something like that. Yeah, not awesome, but whatever. You want to do it, I'll do it. I mean, if I don't make it, I don't make it. But but I would. Uh, I'd be fine. okay. But I'm surprised because you. This is. I mean, I know you like the obstacle courses. Yeah. I never knew you liked them so much that you'd be willing to undergo. Uh, you know, carrying monster truck tires with with your teeth and you're making this up this and, doesn't happen and genitalia and also getting electrocuted no it that's what the, i think that there's you should read the stories about the spartan death race that thing is crazy yeah, okay so one, I, the thing is i want to do it but one I, I, there's death no race way in, at a time. no way in hell i could do it that thing's like it's over a day long yeah you all have, this, they you, give you books in like greek and you have to translate stuff they don't even to, give you instructions in english you have to qualify for it Yes, right? you do. You can't just well, enter. You have to. You have to like do good enough in one of the ir- regular ones. No, that one you can. You can just like email them and tell them you want to do it. But I think you have to demonstrate that you have some sort of prowess. Yeah. But anyway, how do we relate this to video games? Well, is it to mention that there actually is a rock climbing game for like the PlayStation One or something? The, is there? No yeah. way. Yeah, there is. You know about that? I think it's just called rock climbing. Are remember, you sure? Remember back in the NES days when there were games called baseball? Football, yeah, golf, and they all had Mario on the cover. I, I don't know. I don't know if I can see a rock climbing game. I don't know there how is. good that. Would be. It, was, it was very rudimentary 3D graphics. Yeah, it sounds like it'd be pretty boring if you ask. Me. Well, yeah, I don't see the, the controls translating well. But now with the Connect these days, maybe they can make a fun rock climbing game. I mean, rock climbing is interesting because it's OS. Um, I'm gonna die if I let go. <laughs> yeah. I guess. I guess most people use a harness. <laughs> and you don't really, you don't really have that fear. Can I tell you how many times I, I climbed the rock wall in my house without the harness? Yeah, well, it's your house, you know. Well, if, you, there was, if, you, if you drop dead there, nobody. We cares. had that safety mattress at the bottom, but <laughs> but the harness, it's an yeah. indoor one. It's the harness is not. But but my possible. body, like my body, doesn't understand that I'm restrained by a harness. Okay. It doesn't know this, so I might as well just not have one. Okay. It's it's that's it reacts the same way. I can actually relate this back to video games because this, <laughs> in fact, is that's not... That's today's mental challenge. This is not a, a physical challenge fitness show. This is a video game radio show. It is. Um, but I'm getting excited about the real world. Yeah. Well, actually, um, you know, you heard about TEDx, right? I, I'm aware of TEDx. Okay, so I'm totally slated to speak at TEDx next year. What? Yep. That's right. What the hell for? And I haven't figured it out exactly yet. No but, offense, but you don't have any sort of amazing but, oh, insight into something that I don't know about. Oh yes, I do. That is, that and, is worthy of TEDx. And I'm gonna wrap. I'm gonna wrap video games and these ridiculous fitness challenges all up into a nice tight little ball. During that TEDx. No, right now. Okay. All right. So it's. I have. I have like what, like ten months to figure out exactly what I'm gonna talk about. You would but, think that you would have at least a synopsis before they decide to put you in. I do, it. I do. Well, see, you see, like, I'm just I'm just so charismatic that when the organizer heard me speak, she was more than pleased to... Mm-hmm. Yeah, your charisma gets you real far. ...encourage my inclusion, yes. So, anyway, it's going to be something about how video games make you a better person. 
and right. and how and how the video games as a device have this enormous potential to uh, improve or at least kickstart a a man or a woman's um let's say uh foray into self improvement over their lives right so I think video games are actually a means of self improvement in a lot of ways in a lot of very small ways that eventually can add up and actually turn into something but meaningful. I would think if you're going to make that sort of argument, or, or that sort of statement, I should say, then the the argument would have to exist that, that there is something about video games that it doesn't exist elsewhere. There's something unique to video games that makes it, uh, you know, yes. possible in that area. You are totally correct. And so I don't is. want to be like, well, you know what? All of those things could be achieved if you just went outside and ran around the block once or something. But... No, but there is something about video games that is unique that is not you don't get by just say exercising or going around and running out of block or the, the normal sample. Okay. Self, I should say it doesn't necessarily have to be things. unique. Either unique or efficient but, in a way that is but, not possible but elsewhere. But there is, but there is, right? And and let me give you let me give you a little hint of that, right? So you know, we we've all seen like little kids, right? Or uh, we've been little kids. Oh, I've seen little kids. And and <laughs> some more than others. <laughs> Um, and I mean, you've experienced this, I've experienced this, where you get, there's certain games that click with you in a certain way that you get so engrossed, so involved, right, that you just, you have this compulsion, and, and really, like, the, you know, the Guitar Hero games, Rock Band, the Guitar Freaks, all the Konami Bimani games, uh, all those games have a hint of that, right, where the, the activity, the feedback loop that you're involved in is so inherently intrinsically compelling that it makes you want to to do it over and over and over and you're in a process where you're actually learning something this is actually relating back to that famous guy with the really long name Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi who wrote that book called Flow about being in a state of of basically like optimal execution or or learning or involvement right and this thing, let me put it to you this way, right? The gist of it is that the idea, the the state of flow, like video games, right now, I still have to do research, but I'm pretty sure right now video games are the most efficient way to get somebody in a flow state than any other device that I'm aware of. You can get it if with the right game, you can get into a state of flow with video games faster than than anything else. Every other thing, whether it's you know running for fitness, practicing the guitar, practicing the piano, uh, doing any kind of expertly skilled type of endeavor, takes years and years of practice, dedication, motivation, and a lot a, a lot of pain. I don't know if I can agree with you. Well, no, because you, you don't, don't have, have to, to agree you don't have to be because... an expert at something to to have what you're describing as flow. Well, no, 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 but you you do have to have you have to have you have to exhibit and you have to perform at some kind of expert level to be in a flow state. That's one well, of Well, then how come in a video game you can do it so quickly you don't have to be an expert? Because it's because it is because it's an optimal type of interface, right? Because it will allow you to perform the best kinds of skill video games ease you into the learning process in such a way so that it's almost completely, one, A, it's almost completely transparent that you're actually in, in a learning process, right? 
it's like it's like the tutorial versus the video game, right? The tutorial is like, oh, I'm supposed to be learning something here, and it's not fun because it's the tutorial, not the video game. Whereas the best games teach you at the same time and help you get better at them, while you're you're not thinking about, oh, I'm 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 in a tutorial, oh, I'm learning something, right? You're so engaged in the process that you're getting better at it, you're improving, and that that feedback loop can be expressed so tightly, right? More tightly than I think in any other, any kind of endeavor you, you do, right? So does that does that so, clarify it any I mean, for you? you? So, well, now I'm wondering why this might be the case. So I'm, I'm willing to, to hold your hand and go down this road, and I've got an idea okay. that I will I will bring to the table. Well, perhaps we can hold hands and we come back. I would be happy Metaphorically, strictly. Uh, completely, yeah. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Arizona's News Talk Leader, KFNX, AM 1100. All right, we're back. This is Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Sponsored by the University of Advancing Technology. With our website's at uat.edu. Go there, check them out. So we were talking about how games make you better at yeah, stuff. you got to bring me back to Earth because I was in space over the so, break. So, so let me re- remind. Uh, you're talking about how you think games are a more effective um, vehicle for getting you into the zone. Let me, let me put it. Yeah, like, here's another perspective. Um, not not to don't hijack me, de- man. Hijack too much, but video games are teaching devices. Video, yeah. video games could be the best teaching devices that we have ever known. We just don't know yet how to exploit that. But so, keep going. So keep my, going. my question was, why do you think, and I, I'm going to answer this myself, why do you think it's more effective than like real-life scenarios? I'll, I'll tell you why. Like, Well, hang on. Like perhaps <laughs> the classroom, or if we're talking about teaching driving, right. perhaps actually driving would be better. Right. Or if it's a puzzle-type thing, maybe some sort of elements in the real world would be better at it. Right. And I thought to myself, well thinking about this, this posing the question to you, but perhaps it's because video games cut out all of the crap that exists in real life that is distracting or not core to the task at hand. They can. They can do that. Uh, that that's a big part of it, right? You can engage in a incredibly focused yeah, endeavor I mean, when, you're, when you're playing games. But there's another component, and that is that the... You know, there's something you can call the feedback loop, right? Of of any interactive. You've process. certainly been using that word or phrase a lot. Yeah. So maybe maybe people don't know exactly what it means. So I'll I'll just say I'll just say what it means in case people don't know, right? So the feedback loop is you do something, right? You see a change on the screen, or it doesn't even have to apply to video games. You do something, you see how it changes, you perceive that change, then you change what you're doing based on how that thing changes. Right, so I mean, everything has a feedback loop. This is how we operate in real life. You know, we have we have as humans, we have an interface to the world. You know, our interfaces are eyes, our hands, our feet, whatever. Right. Um, in a similar way, we have an interface to the world of video games. You know, the beauty of the video game is that you can have th- this this interface. Right, can be 
supremely efficient in ways that a lot of real life things can't be efficient. For example, right, like Formula One cars. Okay, when when Formula One drivers practice, they they are actually only able to practice their real car in a very very limited way. One of the reasons being that it's it's astronomically expensive to operate this type of vehicle. You know, this is a type of vehicle that is not only the most expensive in the history of the world for motorsports, right? This is the most expensive motorsport, but these are vehicles. They've made one or two of these just for this thing, and they're extremely expensive to operate. Okay, so it's no surprise that Formula One drivers they spend way more time practicing using simulators than they do actually driving. Now, I'm not just talking about the efficiency of cost and real life wear and tear, right? But you can you can sit in a simulator and you can practice driving your formula one car and you can do you can do like you can sit there and you can just do 800 laps you know if you can keep going you can keep going some people who when they had that gran turismo competition recently right the guy who was getting the winning scores right the winning times the fastest lap times you know what he would do cheat we talked about that okay not those guys the guys (laughs) who got it legitimately right (laughs) those guys they would sit on the lap and they would run 80 laps in one session okay that's like um i don't know probably like two or three hours right so somebody who's practiced 80 laps of something is going to have a much much more intimate knowledge of all the dynamics of it than somebody who's practiced for like five laps okay you know so it allows you to go through this feedback loop at a astronomically rapid rate compared to other endeavors you know, um, you know, I'll give you the rock band analogy, right? Okay. So rock band, you know, okay, it's not really like playing a musical instrument, right? It's not the same type of practice, but it is a type of, you know, rhythm practice. And you can, you can engage in that and you can practice the same, you know, five seconds, you know, over and over again, if the software allows you to do so, you can practice, like, maybe there's a phrase in a song that's really hard, right? You can just practice that same five seconds in rapid succession over and over and over and over and over. Uh-huh. And... But then you're just practicing the video game. You're not really learning... I mean, you're, you're learning something, but it's relevant only within the game. To stage. an extent, right? And now, this here's the part where I have to do my research to actually prepare this discussion, right? It th- There is some research that shows that, you know, when, you know, People's ability to improve themselves throughout their lives a lot of times depends on their mental state, okay? It makes sense, right? I mean, if you feel motivated, if you feel happy, if you feel like you're a whole person, then you're much more likely to engage in practices that are actually improving yourself in whatever capacity you want, whether that's, you know, I don't know, like getting more fit or more success with women or you know, more success with your career or whatever, whatever part of life you want to improve about yourself, right? Or just becoming more knowledgeable, whatever it is, right? Now, people who are not in that state, because not everybody is in the luxury of being in that kind of like optimal, happy, content state where they feel like now they can explore these avenues. I mean, this is, this is like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Are you familiar with this? Not the details of it. Okay, I mean, basically the idea, right, is that, you know, if you're worried about getting food to survive every day, you're not worried about improving your chess game. But if you have 
a guarantee that you're well fed every day. If you're not worried about that, then your mind your mind needs to go somewhere, and it will go to things like improving your chess game or whatever. Naturally, right? yes. Whatever endeavor it is that suits your fancy, whatever way that you wish to improve yourself. You don't start thinking about improving yourself unless you've had your basic needs met, basically, right? And the problem is, is that, you know, mentally, emotionally, everybody is not always in this state of just being happy about everything and content enough to feel like they can improve themselves. Some people feel like they're, they're very stressed. Some people feel like they're not in control of their lives. You know, this, this feeling of not being in control of your life is actually not uncommon, and depending on where you are in the country and what kind of you know economic class you're in, it's either more or less emphasized. It also results in dreams about you losing your teeth. Perhaps. In, in case you didn't know. <laughs> I've had that dream before, too, but I don't know if it means that for me. That's, that's supposedly the interpretation. Yeah. Well, and then, but my dad was a dentist, so we'll figure that one <laughs> <Okay>. out. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, right, like what all this comes back to is that the fantastic thing about a video game is that if your life is all effed up and you don't feel like you're in control of anything, you know what? In the smallest of smallest ways, you know, in the stupidest of stupidest video games even, you can boot up a Farmville, right? I'm using the word loosely, obviously. You can, you can start up Farmville and you can play it and you can gain some satisfaction of being rewarded for some small thing that you did, okay? And it's a very, very small kernel of satisfaction, and it's a very small kernel of accomplishment, right? And, and you know, there, there's, there's, you know, Farmville maybe isn't the best example because there's a dark side to it, too, and if you, and it's just, if you, if you give people accomplishment rewards for not doing things that are meaningful, then it's, then it's, this is, that's a different discussion. That's actually bad. We've talked about that. But, right, assuming that, I'm going to go away from Farmville, actually. I'm going to say that's a bad example. I'm going to say, like, Street Fighter. Okay, that's a better example, right? Like, I practiced, and, you know, I like to play against you, and you play, like, I don't know, Akuma or whatever, and I beat your Akuma. I'm E-Honda, by the way. Okay, E-Honda, whatever. I beat your E-Honda, right? And so that small little accomplishment in that small way actually has a meaningful psychological effect on my well-being. That gives me just this little bump of motivation that I'm feeling like I'm in control of something, right? I'm feeling I'm in control of something, and I'm getting better at something, and I'm improving myself in this small way. And what happens to somebody who, for whom this is significant is it, it, it lights up a little spark, right? It, it opens up a little door that lets them stretch themselves and lets them see that, oh, you know what? I can do this. Maybe this means I could do that other thing that's just a little harder. Right, and then they do that other thing that's just a little harder. Which is what beat me twice. Maybe beat you twice. Maybe it doesn't matter what it is. It's just a step above that, right? What it does is you think that all these things in your life are inaccessible to you, and doing that one little accomplishment that you weren't sure you could do opens a few doors up, right? And it's just one step. It's it's the baby. It's a baby step thing, right? That one step. I, and I you think we might be losing sight of our original. No, 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 not at all. Uh, one one step leads to another, leads to another, leads to another, right? And so in this way, video games can be a catalyst for somebody to really transform themselves into something that where they didn't feel like they're in control of their lives. They didn't feel like they were doing anything meaningful, and you know maybe this will lead them to engage in an endeavor that's maybe not immediately rewarding. But over long term, will bring satisfaction and improvement to their lives. And you just you think it's better than other options. 
I think that there's something special and unique about video games that's a good catalyst for this. Okay. All right. Well, we'll be back to talk about different things. It's me, Mario. You're listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. It's a number one. Woohoo! Okay, so we're back. We we uh, talked a lot about something kind of tangential. My I don't origi- think it's tangential. My original intention. I just so let's move on to it other is, stuff. It, it is compared to what you were expecting. <laughs> yeah, to I'm just about. I'm going to cut that cord completely okay. and move on to something else. Well, so, b- before we do that, I do want to say that um, bring it, that cord back in. Okay. Well, I just want to tell our listeners All right. that if you find this topic interesting, if you have something to say, send me an email. And I was just about to read an email. Fancy that. Yeah. So my email is what's my email? Ara at chatterboxgameshow.com. It's so hard to remember. Yeah, I, I always forget. Yeah. So, um, you know, did you get this email? No, it was just me. Um, I've, I feel a certain obligation to read the emails that are sent to us, um, simply because people took the time to do it. Well, and we, we value our fans. Yeah. I, uh, but I don't think I should. I don't think I should read every email because they're not all full of something terribly insightful. Some but, fans more valuable than others. Yeah, and no, this guy had nothing wrong with his, his his email, but I just didn't understand it. And if I didn't understand it reading the whole thing, it would be difficult to express <laughs> but, it. But I doubt I will understand it with you listeners. reading it to me over the air. Yeah, piecemeal. So uh, I'm going to just thank Ben for for emailing us and being a fan of the show. He um, he submitted his thoughts on... I, I had asked all, all the listeners to, to think about a time when they played a game that um, like affected them in a in a way that was more significant than just playing any old game. Ah, yes, right. Something that I I hate to say like emotionally moving because right. that's too cheesy to actually come out of my mouth without irony. But you know what I mean. Like you play something and it's just like wow that yeah. you realize that was pretty intense. Mickey and Mouse I, hitting his head on a wall. Exactly. And yeah. I I uh, I gave an example from. Justin McElroy from uh, from Joystick last week, and right. and so Ben wrote in wrote in his thoughts on the game The Darkness, and uh, like I said, unfortunately, I have a hard time understanding because partly because I never played that game. Interesting, The Darkness. This is not a game that you hear mentioned very often. Yeah, but like he went on and he explained it, and I didn't quite get it. Um, so so are, are we going to ask our friend for perhaps a clarification? <laughs> that's kind of what I'm doing right now. <laughs> uh, then then I would be able to read a little bit more. Um, anyway, but I, I want to let everybody else know that they should. They should write in to give me that because I, this is, to me honestly, it's a really fantastic topic and I don't have enough examples yeah. and I think that we should collect some, um, you know, and then we can write our first book and make our first million. It would be fantastic. Okay, sure. Yeah, I'll I'll have to warn you though. I don't think that writing a book is the best way to make your first million. <laughs> Probably not. A lot of blood, sweat, and tears. So uh, in other news, uh, I guess PSN is coming back. Um, is it is it back up now? What's the story? What's well, the I haven't tested it's... it myself. But supposedly, like most of the features that people need, like the, the store, not not up. But playing games with other people, you know, accessing online features of things um, is there, supposedly. Basic but, functionality. But I guess for most people, for some people it's not. And I don't know what the differentiating factor is. Yeah. Honestly, I just want to be able to get on to check if I ever put a credit card on there or not. I don't even know how to do that. Um, I'm, I am safe in the knowledge. <laughs> that you never get that a credit card? Did. Yes. Yeah, I don't think I did, but... 
all my friends are changing their credit cards and stuff because of it. Um, and they're actually they're they're offering a whole bunch of freebies. Yeah, like two back. free full PlayStation yeah. Three games. I'm so happy that they're wa- offering Wipeout HD because that's the one I wanted to get. This is the one. Like this game, this demo has been on my PS3, and it's been like. You know, you could probably just buy the game for ten bucks. I know, I could, right? But it was always like, man, I really want to play this game. Man, I don't want to pay for this game. Dude, that's how I feel about the game Pain. Yeah. So problem solved. Yeah. Unfortunately, the game Pain that I want, they're not, they're not giving for free. So that's a bummer. But they're giving away like two full PlayStation Three games and two PSP games, and I have a PSP that's been sitting in a box for an eternity, maybe. Uh, as do I. Up. I don't know. So uh, I'm really excited about that. There's something interesting happened with regards to that. To the PlayStation Network. Yeah, the the CEO of Sony. We're talking about Stringer now. Yes, Sir Howard Stringer. The CEO, Sir Howard. The whole company, not just Sony Computer Entertainment, whole thing. Yeah, not SCEA, yeah. not SCEE. Sony, Sony makes S-C-O-E. TVs, computers, um, all kinds Fembots. of things that you probably don't know about. Yeah. Um, he had an interesting quote that I was I was angling toward this thing last week when I was telling you, man, you know, I, I really think all this flack against Sony is just kind of unfair. Now he released I don't know where this statement came from exactly, but actually it looks like it's it's root Reuters. 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 Okay. Yes. How German. Roto Reuters. Yeah. Um here's what he says. Howard Stringer from Sony. This was an unprecedented situation. Most of these breaches go unreported by companies. So is he saying that they've had a bunch? (laughs) (laughs) That's the subtext. Interesting. Interesting take, possibly. 43% of those companies notify victims within a month. We reported this in a week. You're telling me my week wasn't fast enough? I'm totally with Sir Howard on this one. I, I don't like... What could they have... I don't really feel like they could have done anything really differently. Well, I think the argument is that they could have told people sooner. They they could have, right? But you don't know. That's like saying that, you know, oh, we know something really bad happened. We don't know exactly what or how or what it means, but you should tell everyone anyway. I don't think that I don't think that that makes any sense, right? Like I think that they did act in a timely manner. I don't think that anything crazy happened in that week to really be meaningful. I think everyone's just jumping on the bandwagon. And it's well, just, you can it's, understand how something could have happened. They can't control what the people who stole information do. It could be they steal credit cards and they're they're using those cards the very next day. It's possibly right, but a lot of things could have happened that didn't happen. And we do know that there's, we're still not even sure if a hundred percent, if those credit card companies, those credit cards numbers, I mean, are actually somewhere you know there's there's rumors there's been a lot of conflicting contradictory information so i didn't see it myself but i i heard from a friend that sony did at some point announce um that the cards were compromised it's it's really it's really unclear because for every report i see that says that i see another report that says that you know sony says that they don't know well that's the thing there's been so many that they may have been but that there's no actual evidence to show that something has been compromised or not. But here, here's the thing, right? Here's their defense. I'm going to present this to you and our listeners and tell me what you think, right? Their defense is that, hey, you know what? Like, hackers are very, very skillful. It actually seemed as if they had found intrusions that happened a long time ago 
that they just found out about when they were doing these forensics. I'm not, I'm not even sure if that's the case or not because so many reports are unclear. But hackers are very, very smart and skilled, and they're very, very good at covering their tracks. And it does take a certain amount of time with these really, really complicated systems to go in there to do the forensics they need to do to find evidence of you know, the hacker intrusion and also how the hackers covered up their tracks, right? So I don't see anything that was negligent or unreasonable for them taking five days or whatever, count them on one hand to say, oh, by the way, yes, now we'll tell you that we found out that, like, these are the accounts that are compromised and this is what we think happened and so on. Well, unfortunately, I don't know how to how to decide what is a good time frame. I don't know. That's also a very good question, right? If one week is not a sufficient time frame, what is a sufficient time frame? Same day? Next day? While it's happening. While it's happening? Right? Yeah, what if, I don't know. What if, what if they really didn't know? What if, they, what if the hacker, right, breaks into some kind of system and then a company, there's no indication of it, he's super hacker person, and they find out next year? I right. think the argument is that you have an obligation to tell people as soon as you know. You, the company, right? So if right. if it went hidden for a year and then you find out, you announce it as soon as you find out. Right. And and I think that that is a fair position to take. But I also think that I do believe that Sony worked as, cl- as quickly as they could. And that for an organization of that size, I think it's totally reasonable for them to take a week to make an announcement that something happened. Yeah, I'm nodding my head. I'm not so sure. I, I I mean, there's so much bureaucracy at gigantic corporations that just things have to take a couple days. You know, there's just I don't think that any corporation operates that quickly that they would be able to respond the same day. I don't know about same day, but next day or next. I mean, day. it's all, it's what I'm saying again is when they know, so they don't have to know while it's happening. But if they see it the next day or two days from then, as soon as they do know, right. Let people know, you know, emails or whatever it is that, that they do. Um, and uh, and that's that's the argument that's being made here. Congress or whoever's bitching at them about it says, as soon as you knew, you should have told us so that we could do something about it. And uh, and they didn't. So that's that's the concern, that they kept it going for days after they knew it had happened. I, on the other hand, I also see what you mean. You don't want to send an email out that's more scary than it needs to be. when they. But I, I'm willing to bet what happened is they see this stuff and they're like, Oh, maybe this is something that's not big enough that we just don't have to mention. It's a it's a tough spot, right? It's like, you know, there's there's this there's a there's a sea monster who's getting ready to invade your your city, and you don't you see it coming from across you know from the ocean, and you don't know like you don't know if what's what it is, right? So you watch it as you're approaching, and at what point do you decide yes, this is a disaster? Everyone must know now. Well, and, you know, because because if you say that, oh, well, you know, hey, there's a sea monster coming to destroy our city, and then oh, it's just the it's just an unusually large shark fin that turned around, right? That I'm, then, I'm then, confident it's because they were trying to decide for a few days whether or not to post it at all. Not a question of getting their stuff together to, to mention it. They wanted to know. Is this really a big deal, or can we just sort of shove it under the rug and, and deal with it? I don't know. You, you'll never know. We'll never know. That's true. On the other hand, I also argue that it's not necessarily bad. If there was an intrusion and it didn't have a big effect, they wouldn't have to mention it. Yeah. We'll be right back.
And we are back for our final segment of the night. It's Chatterbox Video Game Radio. So... So you've been playing Portal 2? Yeah. A little bit of the Portal 2? Played Portal 2. A little bit, get a little bit of the, um, a little bit of the adoption jokes in there, hmm? Adoption? Yeah, a little bit of the uh, making oh. fun of no parents there. Hmm? Yeah, because they talk about your parents and they mess with you. A little your parents bit of, aren't really there. Yeah, a little they bit. They also of, make fun uh, of you being fat all the time. Yeah, which is hilarious. Yeah, you a little, little overweight there. Hmm? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, got a little bit of too much chub around the. Uh... Dude, Gladys is funny. She's really funny. Yeah, you feeling feeling bad about having no parents? Hmm? Me? No, I'm. I never talked to my parents. <laughs> I never talked to my parents, and I'm not fat. <laughs> so, I mean it. Not feeling rolled, de- rolled right off my back. Not feeling depressed about being bastard. Uh, I don't know if I can say that. Can I say that? Bastard? Yeah. Bastard? I you could say bastard. Bastard child? Hmm? Yeah. If she can. Okay, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, no problem with bastard. I love it when I find out I can say it's things. It's a like very it. limited set of words. <laughs> <laughs> we can't say bastard's okay. Alright. So, what am I talking about here? What is this? What are you talking about? Besides, besides an incredibly uh, obscure uh, family guy joke um it's not that obscure i think a lot of people got the the stewie reference good okay (laughs) because apparently some news outlet in charlotte north carolina decided that uh the adoption jokes in the video game are newsworthy because they are taunting a local father and his 10 year old adopted daughter oh they're taunting that particular family. Yes, directly. Okay. They said, Mr. You in North Carolina, we're talking about your life and how your daughter has no parents. Okay. And this is like, I mean, this is a news, this is a legit news item for CBS TV in Charlotte. This is, I think it's kind of crazy. This is. This goes back to what I've said all along, right? What have I said? I I don't know. You've said a lot of things. That's true. But about being offended? Oh, that you don't have the right not to be offended? That's right. You don't have a right to not be offended. I've thought about that line outside of the show several times, by the way. Yeah, it comes up a lot, alarmingly so. (laughs) Yeah. Right? But somehow, these people think that because they're offended by the content of this game, that they've, they've done something wrong. I don't know. Here's a funny quote from this story. Right? So... He and his wife say playing the game, billed as an educational and appropriate for anyone older than 10. I don't know if anyone ever claimed that uh, this game is educational, but anyway. Has forced them to have the most important conversations an adoptive parent will ever have talking about the birth parents. So they're blaming the existence on the game for forcing a conversation that they may have not otherwise. But, uh, But should have. Regarded as important or whatever. Okay. Yeah. So, I don't know. What do you make of this? Um, it seems really stupid, and I'm not sure why we're talking about it. <laughs> How dare you? Anyway, it's I can't believe that it's a news story, and I think it's just, once again, endemic of the, we can say, retarded. Yes. Retarded behavior of news outlets these days because they want to tell us how everything in our house is going to destroy us and how our kitchen sink will kill us. And we'll f- only only if we tune in at 11, we'll find out how. They do still do that. And you know, I'm actually... Got, that's got to stop. I'm tired of that. <clears throat> One thing I, that I wanted to talk about, which is a 
wholly removed from this discussion. Okay, go ahead. Let's move on. Uh, the, the problem is I'm having a hell of a time finding the original article because we didn't get to it last week. Um, how much did I talk about Keiji Inafune and the sequel thing at Capcom? Did, did we mention that last week? Just barely. Just barely? Just barely. We barely mentioned it. Well, so this is this is based off memory now because I can't having a hard time pulling up this article. But uh, I guess Capcom had this thing where he, he said something like 80%, they, they were supposed to make like 80% of their games be sequels. Um, and how like he basically fought through that by just not listening. Capcom executive mandated that 80% of their new products have to be sequels. Exactly. Presumably because they were not confident that new properties would make any money. By the way, I as an executive would mandate that Joystick figure out how to make their search work because it doesn't friggin' work. Well, you can when you're an executive, you can t- un- undertake that challenge. I'll go work at AOL specifically to clean up Joystick. Um, so yeah, I guess the, a huge number of their games were supposed to be um, sequels uh, because I don't know what their accounting people think is going to happen. That like you can just make sequels forever, but. Um, he just so he wanted to make Lost Planet and Dead Rising, which were new, right? And uh, and I might and add, big deals proved to be quite profitable. Yes. Yeah, they were they were good good moves. So like, he just would build the prototype and then keep building the prototype until it was basically a half finished game. I was like, oh hey yeah, we just kept working on it even though you said that all our games are supposed to be sequels, but we put a lot of time into it. It's already almost done, so you should just take a look at it. And they let him let him go ahead with it, basically. Yeah, I think didn't he say something to the effect of like the because it was more than half done, then it was to the executives it was less costly to finish it than it would be to kill it, and so they'd have no choice. Uh, I didn't read that part, but maybe. But I, I heard that. Part. It certainly would be less costly to finish making that game than to start a new game. I mean, maybe sequels are super easy. I guess making it honestly, I'm of the opinion that making a new Mega Man game right. uh, takes no effort whatsoever. <laughs> if it's if it's of the, you know how they well, just made Mega Man Nine. I think it's more one. than no effort, but I, I do also think that it's it is it is immeasurably easier to do a sequel of a game than it is to do a game the first time, especially yeah. when you're working with a team. One of my friends actually, actually, this is not someone who that I know personally, but somebody um, who is a game designer uh, once said something that was really meaningful to me, and that was that. It was it was an assertion that every single time you make a game with a group of people, everybody talks about how like everyone's got to be on board and like let's get everyone on board, let's get everyone on the same mindset. We're gonna make this game, right? Okay. And th- this is this is like the like the cursory like attitude that everyone has. Like we're gonna do something new. We're going to you know present it to everybody who's making it. We're gonna get everyone on board. We're gonna get everyone of the same mind. Right, I mean, we're gonna, getting everyone we're, excited about the same new thing. Right, we're going to have everybody, you know, running their horses all in the same direction, right? And so, so this guy basically realized that that is actually a completely futile prospect. And, and what he asserted was that, you know what, unless you're making like a sequel where the whole scope and expanse and everything about the game, you know, is more or less well defined already, or you're doing a sports game which is also a sequel in a way, right? Or you're doing a game that is very, very firmly planted within a very, very well-defined genre, like FPS. It is actually, in practice, in reality, almost impossible to get everybody on the team to, quote, buy in on what you're doing. And 
in my experience, I found that that is, in fact, the reality, right? Everybody will always see what you're doing and what you're making in a different way until it's actually done, particularly if you're doing that for the first time. What do you mean by they will see it in a different way? Well, I mean, let's say we're making, um, I don't know, uh, tell me a game genre, right? Let's make, like, some kind of game... Um, that's like platformer platformer right so let's let's say that it's like a it's it's platformer derived that we're doing a platformer derived shooting game right okay okay so when the game is not completely done right your idea of what the game should be and what's best for the game is going to naturally just be different from what's in my head it just happens there's no way to avoid that because everybody's different Everybody comes to a team with a different set of history and expectations. So when, you're, and when you say team, are you referring only to design? No, I'm talking about everybody who's working on the game. But it's not up to a lot of people who are working on the game to design the game, just to build it. Well, it, in a lot of ways, yes, but also in a lot of ways too. Like it actually depends on the studio, and a lot of a lot of studios operate in this way where it's it's it, it's not as clear cut actually as you're framing it. It's a lot more chaotic. Dude, there's a bunch of people who are artists, yeah. and the designers go to them and say, here, make this. Yeah. I'm, and I'm they not, make that. I'm not going to be able to argue with you about this, because that is not how it is at a lot of studios. Okay. It is like, not, does it differ from it studio is, to studio? It is not that clear-cut. Yes, it absolutely does. But it is not It is not that... If it was that clean and clear-cut, this problem would not occur. But unfortunately, it's actually a, quite a common problem. Okay. Right? So just take it at face value that that's the case. I will try. You have even no, though I don't you have no choice it. because you don't you don't know. If you've been in that, you would know. But I'm not aware of any studio where an artist gets uh, say in the design, unless it's such a small studio that it's, the artist is also a partner. It's it's not it's not about that, right? But anyway, I mean, we don't have a lot of time. I don't want to get mired into that that kind of distraction, okay. right? The thing is, is that it's true, actually, right? You can't get everybody on the same page about something that actually hasn't been previously defined. Just people bring too many different things to the table. People's experiences are too different. It's just too different. So what this guy says is, hey, you know what? You shouldn't try to do that. You shouldn't try to get everyone on the same page. You should just try to get them to at least trust and agree what the leaders are doing and where they're steering the ship, as it were. Honestly, that just seems like common sense to me. It is common sense, but... You know what? A lot of times in the real world, very, very practical common sense things don't actually happen. All right. Well, my last common sense effort for this program is to remind you to go to uat.edu, the website for the University of Advancing Technology, the people who make this show uh, possible. So we appreciate that. Uh, Like we said earlier in the show, if you want to email us, you should. If you have any ideas or uh, commentary on on games that moved you, please do. Alon or Ara at chatterboxgameshow.com. You can go to the website for that link. Um, That's pretty much it for me. We'll be back next week. Good night, guys. You've been listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Tune in next week for more tips and info and the latest and greatest in video gaming. And remember... All your base are belong to us.